0: Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy.
1: All right, welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 53 and it's titled, How Honest Should You Be in Your Relationship? And, you know, I find something somewhat... uh, Funny, Maybe even slightly ironic about today's show And that is, um, you know, generally I'm the kind of person that has a lot of patience And so, you know, when things sort of annoy me or irritate me I can kind of take a deep breath And, okay, let me find a nice, uh, uh, compassionate way to say what I want to say And then sometimes I'm just like, fuck it Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything and so we're doing an episode today on how honest you should be in your relationship. And I just happen to be in one of those moods where I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. So, <laughs> so, so as we go through this episode, you might get some, some slightly harsh truth bombs. Deal with it.
0: Hey, and I tried to sweeten it. I was just like topless as we were starting this episode for Kevin just to bring him in the mood of happiness and stuff. So I did my best for all of you listening for him to be happy and good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was helping, but I'm still going to drop some truth bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Because that's what we do.
0: <laughs> that is true. So this episode is brought to you by Power & Mastery, the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder, stronger or erections or last longer or expand your sexual skills and potential in the bedroom, Power & Mastery is designed to develop your physical, mental, and stamina and enhance your sexual abilities and uh, you can find all about power and mastery at powerandmastery.com
1: yes do it you will thank us (laughs) okay so you know we were kind of joking when preparing for this episode right because the title is how honest should you be in your relationship and the joke kind of went like this Totally 100% honest. Okay, show's over. (laughs) But as usual, life is never quite that simple, right? So uh, it definitely requires more discussion.
0: Absolutely. So one of the things that we have done is we broke it down into three different areas that we think you should be honest. Number one, you have to be honest with yourself. And it's like the most important one. Number two, you have to be honest with your partner, and number three, you have to be honest in the bedroom. And yes, we are going to go through each one of them, look at example, discuss this more in details. But if we were to look at the big picture from there, like really, these are the three parts. You're honest nice with yourself, you're honest with your partner and you're honest also in the bedroom because we are looking at it through the angle of your relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we also wanted to talk about the difference between privacy and secrecy, Mm. right? Because some people are like, well, there's just certain things that I can't share, right? So when thinking about that, really what was coming in for me was that, you know, we all have what we call the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. And the monkey mind is just the kind of random crazy thoughts that go on in our minds, And so when we say, hey, you should be 100% honest with your partner, does that mean you have to share every monkey mind thought that goes on in your mind?
0: Uh, No.
1: Exactly. No. (laughs) But even your mind
0: filters it. I mean, we have so much. You can't even remember everything. I mean, we have like something like 60,000 thoughts a day.
1: Yeah. I don't know what that number is, but it's a lot. But the reality is, is that, you know, all kinds of crazy thoughts, you know, pop into your head that aren't things that you would ever do or things that you even really want. It's just weird monkey mind stuff, mm-hmm. you know, floats around in everybody's head. So so the idea is that there's no need to share those kinds of things. So that's where the privacy comes in, which is that, Yeah, you can keep private this crazy monkey mind stuff. You don't have to, but you also don't have to share things that aren't really real, Mm -hmm. right? So you can keep those things private. Secrecy, on the other hand, secrecy is really when you are withholding things on purpose that are real because you don't want the other person to know about them.
0: Or you don't have to deal with the consequences of sharing those thoughts, actions that have been taken in the past. Exactly. And it's a slippery slope. And I know that you'll find a lot of different advices online and people saying, hey, why would you want to risk or jeopardize your relationship by sharing something that's over that you've done in the past? And I'm especially thinking right now about uh, people who have had affairs or cheated on their partners and had infidelity, and they're like, it's over. Um, I've done it once and it's never happening again. And it's, it's a really, really tricky one here. You know, hope, like ideally, you want to be in a situation where you never have to cheat because you have the communication and you have the foundation in your relationship where there's discussion, there's openness, and there's trust and intimacy that's being built. Um, and if it's something that happened once and you're thinking I did it once and now it's going to ruin the rest of my life forever... I get it that you may not want to share that. If it's something that's happening often, um, most people cheat more than once. Um, it's a pattern and it's something that's happening often. I'm like, yeah, that's. That's not really cool.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, so I don't want to go too far into this particular scenario. And all I would really say is that it's a case-by-case basis. Mm -hmm. And so to give some sort of general recommendation for what you should do, I I don't think we can do. I think each one needs to be taken on an individual case-by-case basis and figure out, you know, how might that affect. But I agree with you in what you said, which is that you should structure your relationship such that you never... You never wind up in that situation. Mm -hmm. You never end up uh, having to do something that, you know, is potentially going to jeopardize your relationship that you can't share. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, If you're, if you're truly in a healthy functioning relationship, one, you wouldn't have to cheat Mm -hmm. because either you would be fulfilled in your relationship, or if you're not fulfilled in your relationship, you would be able to talk about it and then be able to figure out a solution for you to be fulfilled in your relationship. Um, and so you would never end, actually end up in that scenario. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So um, that also, one more thing that I wanted to share is about having a strong moral compass for yourself, for your life in general. And a client of mine, and you know who you are if you're listening, because I know you're listening to the show, um, used to have a lot of affairs. And he came to see me seeking some help around his sexual... His sex life and how to become more of a sexual master in the bedroom, his relationship and all of that. And through working together over several years, you know, of seeing me on and off, he's coming to a place now where he's realizing that being honest is very important and most importantly being aligned with his own values at all time with his actions and that all the little times that he was cheating that he was doing things that were against his own moral compass or things that he held dear were chirping away at his own self-respect and then also were showing up in the bedroom in different ways in his relationship and dynamic with his wife and so then he made more of a commitment to be like hey I'm going to be super honest so when he started seeing me he was like hey I sent her all the information in email about who I'm seeing and he's like, I'm having a sex coach and I'm getting like therapy with this person or whatever words they use, you know? Um, and it was like, (laughs) The funny part, he's like, well, I know my wife doesn't really check her emails, but if she did and if she wanted to, it's in there. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, well, you know, I can still say congratulations for being upfront and honest. And yes, it was a creative way to still (laughs) dance around the fence. Um, But what was interesting is simply the fact of what he doing all like other work, self-work over on himself. He realized that the act of not being honest and especially also with himself was really taking away from his, um, I want to say his enjoyment of life, his ability to feel happy, to feel good about himself, to look in the mirror, his ability to show up as a father. He's got a son. Like what kind of a message are you showing to your kids? Well, that's, that's, that's
1: the destructive ability of, of, um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, help me, help me, help me. I <laughs> can <you're>, help <laughs> you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I hate when that happens. fart. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, any anytime that you're like dishonest or anything mm-hmm. like that, there's like a destructive uh, negative energy associated mm-hmm. with that, right? So um, that that kind of stuff can definitely eat away at people. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how far down the the moral compass part I wanted to go, but you you, <laughs> you did sort of mention being true to your moral
0: mm-hmm. compass,
1: and you know one thing that I think should at least at some point during this show really be spoken to is that when many people think of moral compass, they think of right and wrong, often more associated with a particular religious belief, mm. and they will say, well like, a lot of people would assume, well, most of what you guys talk about isn't exactly moral, you know, according to these different systems and codes that are out there. And so I would just like to make the point that, um, that's not true, (laughs) right? That, 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 it has often been sort of lumped in as an immoral activity when it's not. So in other words, uh, one belief system might think that um, the only real moral way is monogamy with a man and woman mm-hmm. and that anything outside of that is immoral. Mm-hmm. And that's really not true. So what is immoral versus immoral is how you do it, right? So like you can have a stable family unit, man and woman together in a relationship. And you could still actually have sex with other people as long as it's all done openly with consent of everyone, with proper communication and all that kind of stuff. So I I just wanted to briefly touch on that because Mm -hmm. when you're talking about following someone's moral compass, what you really mean is, you know, your moral compass, you Mm -hmm. know, right? Like what, what is, what do you consider to be right? And of course there's some basic uh, things that apply no matter what, which is like honesty, right? Mm-hmm. Not hurting, not intentionally hurting anybody else. You know, a few of those basic what we would call natural laws. But mm-hmm. as long as you're not breaking one of those natural laws, and everybody's in full consent, then it's all good.
0: Mm-hmm. And you can be in same sex relationship. And you know what would be wrong would be to know that you like same sex and be in an heterosexual relationship.
1: Oh yeah, we will get there. <laughs> so let's, let's let's just dive right into our three sections, okay. right? Let's right. let's just jump right into uh, being honest with yourself yes all right what does that mean and what does that really look like
0: well first of all you have to be really clear on what are you looking for in life and in a relationship like like independently of whether or not you are in a relationship like what's what's the big picture for you you know i've met people who were like i don't want to be in a relationship I just want to have like uh, casual friends, some with benefits, some without, and that's all I want. Some people are like, I want to be married. I want to have 3.5 children. And others are like, it's anything in between. So it's like, w- w- what, what do you want?
1: Yeah, as simple as that sounds, we see so many people who are in dynamics or situations or relationships that aren't really 100% what they wanted, Mm -hmm. right? So they might be in a monogamous relationship, and that's not really what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Or they might be uh, in that monogamous relationship and have children, but that wasn't really what they wanted, right? Mm -hmm. They did it because that's what the other person wanted, or because they weren't really sure what they wanted, or because they thought, well, maybe I could make that work, or,
0: or... they a relationship with somebody because they're like, oh, 75% match, but like maybe an important 25% is not a match. but they're like, it's good enough.
1: Yeah. They're thinking, (laughs) well, I'll never find any better than that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you are a hundred percent honest with yourself about what you're looking for, because Mm -hmm. you're not actually ever going to find it if you don't really know what you're looking for.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know? Absolutely. So, Once you are having a clarity around that, the next step is, what are you capable of in a relationship at the current moment? And this Uh, is a really good one. This is
1: a big one because this really requires you to do some deep work and be really honest. (laughs) I will give an example from my own personal life on this one. So years ago, I was in a relationship, and I was like, I thought this was the one, right? You know, I thought like, okay, we're going to get married, and this is like how it's going to be. And then we ended up breaking up for various reasons that weren't so clear at the time, but now are very clear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All good in the end, right? But immediately following that breakup, I started a relationship with somebody else, And I was really honest at the time with that person. And I said, look, here's where I'm at. I'm still really hurt from this past relationship. I am not actually capable right now of being in a committed relationship with you. And so I said, I like you. I like spending time with you. But I am so not over that last one. (laughs) And it's really not fair to you. But I also said, Knowing that if you still want to spend time together, then I'm happy to do that because we have a good time together, we have fun, we, you know, we travel well, whatever. Um, so that was, that was me at that time having to get really honest about where I was at because this person was a lot of fun, we had things in common, we traveled all over the world together, and I was just like, but I had to be really honest, like I am not at all ready to be in the type of relationship that you want to be in. But that's not an easy thing to do, Mm -hmm. especially when people transition from one relationship and into another one. They're often not very honest with themselves. They haven't given themselves time to mourn the previous relationship. Mm-hmm. They haven't given themselves time to figure out, okay, what, what did I learn from that? Mm-hmm. You know, Where did it go wrong? How can I do better the next time?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. and That's a powerful one. And I think that's powerful when you can show up in a relationship and be like, this is what I can give right now. And I think that for all the women listening, um, it might be a little easier for men to be like, uh, like telling you exactly where they are And a lot of women don't listen. (laughs) I've seen that time and time over where he says, I'm not ready for a committed relationship. Or where he says, I don't have time for this, or I only want sex. And she goes like, well, he might say that, but I'm going to be the one who's going to help him change his opinion. You know, I'm going to help him change his mind. Or like, it's with others, but not with me, of course. And, you know, I was guilty of that too as a woman. And teaching, like, the Irresistible Woman course to women, I've seen that this is really a pattern. There is something, I don't know why, but a lot of women tend to just, like because we're more figurative, how we speak, so we're thinking, well, he's not quite meaning it. It's not 100%. Trust him. If he tells you I'm not capable of that or I don't want this, he's telling you his true colors right away. Then you decide whether or not you want to play the game.
1: Yeah, well, so in that story that I just told, um, I was very upfront about that. She didn't listen to it. We went on spending time together. She got very attached when things started to not work out. She wanted to uh, seek some outside help, which we did. And she sat there and told her whole story to uh, the counselor, as did I. And the counselor looked her right in the eye and said, he's been telling you this all along. Mm-hmm. And you're not listening.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So very important here. So As we are still looking at the relationship and being honest with yourself, what do you want in the future, right? And if you are in a relationship, where is this relationship going? So it's kind of a segue into the next one. But really, what do you want in the future when you picture your life, you know? Um, How have you pictured your life? Are you somebody who's going to travel a lot? Somebody who wants to be a homebody? Somebody who wants to have a lot of friends? Or somebody who just wants to have like one partner and do nothing else? Like there's a lot of options and you got to be really honest.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, you know, one of the, I guess one of the good things about uh, being a little bit older and having had, you know, a bunch of relationships as I have so many stories, (laughs) but like, you know, here's a, here's a great one where, you know, you're in relationship for a certain amount of time, which usually means several years. And then all of a sudden the person's like, I always wanted to live in Montana. And you're like, wait, what?
0: (laughs) I've always hated snow. You could have told me that three years ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah, remember that time when I told you I moved from a very snowy place and I was done with it and I never wanted to ever live in a place where it was cold again? <laughs> Somehow, maybe that just went over your head. I'm not sure. But <laughs>
0: but that's why we put it in relationship with the self, because some people are not willing to want what they want. I always say you already know what you want. But we somehow, I don't know, manage to get in our own way and be like, I can't possibly want that or, or, or it's not possible or I shouldn't or it's like, no, I don't know what I want because you're like, oh my God, I can't just really look at this and, and, and embrace it because that would mean I would have to embrace who I am and love and, and accept myself totally as I am. And that's a huge deal to do that.
1: Exactly. When telling that story All all I was hearing in the back of my head Was uh, Adam Sandler from The Wedding Singer That's information that could have been useful to me yesterday (laughs) (laughs) So since
0: we are now on the subject of With a partner Let's look at um, that second phase Of like being honest with your partner And what that looks like
1: Oh yeah Oh boy. (laughs) Where do we start with this one? So you got to, all right, being totally honest with your partner, we'll just start at the very beginning of probably one of the number one things that nobody ever talks about. is a giant elephant in the corner of the room. You're still attracted to other people. (laughs) Uh, Duh, we're humans. You know, we can still look at other people and go, wow, she's damn sexy. I wonder what it would be like to have sex with her. (laughs)
0: And you know what? That means you're healthy. Mm -hmm. And that means you're alive. And here's what happens when people stop um, giving themselves permission to feel attraction towards another being, um, they start to really wrap their heart with this steel bandage and like, I can't feel anything. I can't or rub their cock or whatever it is, you know, but like this cannot be happening. And then the more you do that, you kind of put yourself in a cage and it becomes way harder to start to even feel desire and attraction for your partner because you are not allowing this energy to flow freely in your body for whoever it is this. And just because you feel attraction, you do not have to act on it.
1: No, of course not. And I think it's completely unrealistic for people to assume that once you're in a relationship, all attraction to all other humans instantly goes away. (laughs) I mean, that's just ridiculous.
0: It, it absolutely is. Yes. One of the
1: things I love about our relationship is that we can talk about that, mm-hmm. you know, where you can be like, oh my God, he's really hot, you know. Or, or like, she. Or, or she, yeah. Well, it's nice when it's a she because that's something that we share in common, right? So then we both go, oh yeah, she is. Look at her ass. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that that's a big one is don't hide it we all know it exists. It's okay to talk about it. Just reassure your partner that you love them, that you're dedicated to them. And that you choose them. That you choose them. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes.
0: Yeah. And so that comes into the discussion of like, Hey, what would make you feel safe and secure in in our relationship? You know, how can I express my love and desire for you in ways that you feel like you feel it, that it goes home. Right. And so once you know what your partner wants and needs, and it's like, you know, Hey, like you could, express, okay, let's say your partner expressed an attraction or, um, about somebody else or just like an appreciation, even just saying, wow, this person's beautiful. And maybe it's a day where you don't feel so good about yourself and you're having a bad hair day and you're like, oh, he's finding this person's beautiful and I'm having a bad hair day. That's so hard. So, so sad, you know.
1: Which he didn't even notice the hair, by the way.
0: Exactly. (laughs) But the point is, rather than having a pity party here and then start building resentment towards your partner, you could also take responsibility and be like, yeah, and what do you love about me? or Tell me something you love about me or please tell me how much you love me or like please like give me reassurance that even though there's beautiful flowers all around, I'm still your favorite. <laughs>
1: Whatever you need. Yeah, you know there's a common theme throughout all of our work and all of our shows and that's personal responsibility. <laughs> we won't go we won't go there right now, but <laughs> just to point that out. <laughs>
0: So the second thing to be really honest with your partner is what are the things you want in the bedroom?
1: Yeah. And, you know, we're not going to go too far into that because that's actually our third topic. Mm-hmm. So we'll go into the specifics about that later mm-hmm. on. But just now to know that you really have to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Like you really do, especially if you want to have a fulfilling <laughs> sex life. So we'll, we'll save that for the next uh, main topic here. Let's go on to uh, honest about what your feelings and emotions are.
0: Oh, that's such a big one. Good one.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a really big one because a lot of times people are repressing those things and they're not actually telling the other person how they're actually feeling in any given moment mm-hmm. for lots of reasons. Be, oh, well, if I tell him that he's going to think this or, you know, he's like, ah, if I tell her that she's going to be pissed off at me or whatever the thing is. But you can't hide it because honestly, especially if it's your emotions, there's just written all over you mm-hmm. anyway. So even if you're not verbally saying it, all the nonverbal signs are telling the person. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just be honest.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then there's things too about like, you know, there's emotions that you've put on the side of like not acceptable versus emotions that are acceptable. And it's very important to not judge yourself for having those that you deem unacceptable. And you don't have to delve into them and like, you know, being in like this really lengthy emotional roller and coaster, down coaster. Um, but it's okay to feel jealous. It's okay to feel anger. It's okay to feel sadness. It's okay to feel those things. You don't have to direct them at your partner, first of all, because also one big thing here, nobody can make you feel anything it's always you you have a choice at any given time to tune into a particular feeling or emotion you can snap out of it whenever you choose to i know sometimes it's it seems impossible it's literally like a radio station where you're picking up something and a signal and you're like, oh, I'm feeling so sad and all this. And then notice how usually you start thinking about all the things in your life that could potentially make you sad. And then this story in the past <laughs> that made you so sad and then this and that. And it's like, you know, you have all these proof of how things are so sad. But ultimately, it, it could only take a turning the knob a little bit and looking around like the other direction and be like, wow, I could be grateful for that. And studies have shown that just the act of looking for things that you are grateful for within your brain, like kind of like going in the file of that, even if you don't find anything, just the act of it will already start to make you feel better absolutely and that's that was really big when i read that study because sometimes it's really hard when you're down the, the like in that that rabbit hole in that pit and you're like how am i gonna ever see the skylight again and it's like i can't even find anything i can be happy about and you're trying to find it you're like i'm not even happy i are still thinking i'm still not happy it's still not that great but th- that alone can help you get out of
1: it yeah i'd, I'd like to say too that there's no such thing as a wrong emotion mm. because an emotion is an emotion. it's it's what you're feeling, right? There mm-hmm. are chemicals that have been dumped into your bloodstream, and mm-hmm. now you're feeling this emotion. What there are are wrong causes. Mm-hmm. right. So don't look at the emotion as being the bad thing. You know, you're feeling what you're feeling, and nobody can really deny that. But look at why you triggered that. Mm-hmm. because most likely, the cause is probably not real. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So this leads us to our, um, everything to be honest with your partner is your needs.
1: Yeah. Because
0: emotions tend to rise because needs are not met. It's because of unmet needs. So oftentimes we like into stuck into our feelings, but really what's, if you dig deeper, what's the need that's not being met? Yeah.
1: Well, if we're talking about what we would call more of a negative emotion, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the, your sadness, your fear, your anger, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, basically, those what those come down to is, you know, whatever needs that you have that are not being met.
0: Yes. And so it's important to be really honest about your needs. You might be in a phase in your life where you need a lot of extra reassurance around, I don't know, your looks, around the love that your partner has, around your intelligence, around being enough, like whatever that is. We all have our our weak areas, right? And sometimes what I love to think about is when you come together in a relationship is, Because you help to build each other into the best version of who you can be, and sometimes you can be like, "I'm really struggling with that. I can't. I'm really trying to be my best champion and cheerleader of myself, but I could use a little help, you know." And it's okay to ask for those things.
1: Totally, Um, you know, there's there's a lot of needs that you could potentially have, and Mm -hmm. they should all be. Uh, put out there on the table. You know, your, your need might be for more connection time. Mm-hmm. Your need might be for more touch. Your need might be, you know, sex five times a week. Mm-hmm. Your need might be, you, you need to pound, you know, like.
0: Your need what, might be more freedom or like independence. Freedom. Yeah, yes.
1: might be more alone time. Mm-hmm. Like whatever they are, you got to put all those out there because your partner's never going to be able to help you meet your needs if they don't know what your needs are. And then uh, you know, I think we're gonna have to uh, expand the show to be an hour long because <laughs> we always have so much to give, and uh-huh. and we're trying to keep it you know to thirty ish minutes because that's the most time that people have when they're commuting or whatever to listen. And we want to give you as much as we can, but uh, we're gonna have to move a little bit faster here in order to finish up uh, on time. So. The, the last one in, in uh, being honest with your partner is your expectations for each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, if any, expectations do you have about who they are, who they're going to become, where they're at, where they're going?
0: And we have a, we have a whole show on this. So it's uh, getting real about your expectations. So we talk in depth about that. So go listen to that particular episode. Yeah. And let's look at the bedroom part and how honest you should be in the bedroom. <laughs> finally we're getting there yeah (laughs) so the first thing i think that you need to talk about actually we didn't put it first on the list but i'm going to put it first is details about your sexual health your health in general and any stis this needs to be talked before you have sex
1: yeah, you know, it's interesting. So in prepping for this uh, episode, we were you know, doing our usual research like we do, and there were a whole bunch of examples of, of people complaining about things that their partner never actually told them, or, mm-hmm. or people asking for advice on, you know, I never told my partner this, how do I do it now? <laughs> for <know>? years
0: in. <laughs> yeah,
1: and so, and so one of them was was people who've concealed the fact that they have an, an STI uh-huh. for years, which kind of blew my mind, but um, yeah, you need to get all that out right from the start. Yes. And, and, and the person has to know a 100% what your sexual history is as far as, you know, any STIs you've had, mm-hmm. whether you still have them or they're completely gone, mm-hmm. whatever it is.
0: And even your health in general. I yeah. mean, I'm sorry, but like... You need to have a choice before, like, do you want to be involved in a relationship with somebody who's got like endometriosis or fibromyalgia, like things that are really heavy and hard to deal with. You want to know these things before you start really being attached and stuff, because it's a, it's a big choice that you make.
1: Absolutely. And you
0: know what? Don't be afraid. Uh, we had a friend who disclosed her um, STIs. The person said no, that like was like, I can't have sex with you. This can't happen. And guess what? Things turned around. And I think three or four months later, then he came back and I was like, I'm ready now. Yeah. And exactly. so it was very crushing for her because she was like, wow, I was so vulnerable. I shared where I was at. And then he walked away. But in showing everything, then he had a choice. He had time to do whatever work he needed to do. And we're only talking about her piece. So it's like something that 80 percent of the population has. And it's We'll do a whole episode on that one day. Um, It's really not a big deal. But it's like it needed time for him to be like able to look at it and come back and say, I'm okay and I'm willing now.
1: Always better that that happens at the beginning and not two, three, four, six months a year into it. Um, next okay what kind of sex do you like this is important because people really have different ideas of what kind of sex they like
0: Uh uh-huh and you know your tastes will change over time and especially when you've been in a relationship for a while you might want to explore as a couple there might be things you've never done but it's very important to be upfront about the kind of sex you like you know is it more vanilla is it more BDSM is it more like multiple people one person like are there lots of fantasies also that you have not yet even fulfilled and that you're like it's on my bucket list like this could be like really important to know
1: yeah and you know one of the interesting things sometimes about working with couples is that often you you work with them together but you also work with them separately yes. right so it's like let's all meet together <laughs> okay now I'm gonna work with just the woman now I'm gonna work with just a man and then we're gonna come back together again <laughs> And what's interesting is you really get to see. Th- they'll tell you things when you're working with just them that they don't tell when their partner is around. Yeah. And so, so you mentioned, um, you know, do you want to have sex with other people? I can remember one couple in particular, where she was like. monogamous all the way. Uh It's all she wanted, just the two of them forever for the rest of their life. And it turns out his number one fantasy was to have sex with other people, Mm -hmm. multiple other people.
0: And that was more than just a fantasy. And we have also a whole show on sexual fantasies uh, with C.D. Reese. We have an author that came on the show uh, with us. If you haven't listened to it, go back to this. We dive in much deeper about the, you know, debunking myths around sexual fantasies and reality.
1: Fantasy versus reality, for sure.
0: So also, you got to be really honest about your sexual history.
1: Oh, yeah. And... and (laughs) And one of the things that I put in the notes is you have to own it, mm. right? So like whatever your sexual past is, just fucking own it, mm-hmm. you know? If if you're a woman and at one point in your life, you thought it was the greatest thing ever to have sex with the entire football team, <laughs> you know, like you should just own that. It doesn't mean that's who you are today in this moment, but... When you're really considering being long-term with a partner, you got to talk about your sexual history. So, yeah, you know, one night I let the whole football team bang me. That's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> okay, but that's not who I am anymore. I was young. I was whatever. Like, just, just own it.
0: Yes. And... You also need to share if there's any sexual trauma that have happened. I've had that happen numerous times where couples came in and and the guy's like, I don't really know. I think my wife was molested. And so now she's triggered. I can't touch her. Or Sometimes she reacts weirdly. I don't know what to do. Hey, if you've been sexually molested, assaulted, anything around the sexuality that was weird that created a sexual trauma also we have a show on that, you absolutely need to discuss this with your partner because shit will come up. Trauma gets reactivated, especially around sexuality, if you haven't fully dealt with it and you're putting your partner into a very uncomfortable position if they don't know that something happened in the past and they're thinking maybe it's something I'm doing and it could be really detrimental to your relationship. You don't have to go into all the details, you don't have to like you know, like really with a hundred percent, but there needs to be a mention of it. There needs to be some like, yeah. time if where you, you speak of it.
1: If you know about it, then you absolutely have to say it. Now, I, I will say also that sometimes people aren't aware that this trauma exists and mm-hmm. they get into a relationship and then later on down the road, all of a sudden it surfaces and they're like, ah. If what that, do I do now? Yeah, if that's the case, then just talk about it in that moment. But if you know beforehand that you've got this kind of trauma, you absolutely have to talk about it. I mean, God, what's worse than getting into a relationship and 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 really falling in love with somebody, only to find out later on down the road that they have some sort of deep sexual trauma, and the thing that you love to do is like their trigger. Mm-hmm. That's not. It's cool.
0: really sad.
1: Yeah, no, it is really sad. It yeah, is. it's sad for both people. Not, it is not just not just you because you're like, oh, I'm not going to get my need met, but then you're constantly triggering the other person into their trauma. Mm-hmm. Like that's not good.
0: So ultimately, what's really important is like, okay, how do you share being honest, right? Do I like, don't share it when you're emotionally like super triggered. There could be something in the, like where it comes up and you don't know how to have empathy and how to look the other person in the eye. Then, you know, take a step back, take a breather and share it the next day or in an hour when things are a little cooled down and share it even if it's not fully comfortable, especially when it comes to fantasies. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to discuss your sexual fantasies. And here's why. First of all, just because they're fantasies doesn't mean they have to become reality. But when you create a container of safety, where you get to really share that with your partner, suddenly it brings well, safety, but it also brings sexiness in the relationship. And that's what keeps the energy alive. And so it's really important to be able to share those things.
1: Yeah, and I recommend that you not wait until you're in the bedroom to talk about, (laughs) you know, to to be honest and to talk Mm -hmm. about these things, about what you want in the bedroom, but to really do it beforehand. Now, if something comes up, you're like, you know, You're naked, you're on the bed, you're right in the middle and something comes up, you might need to talk about it. But in general, I would recommend that you talk about what you want in the bedroom and your fantasies and all these things we just covered before you get into the bedroom. Absolutely. Say, hey, let's let's have a conversation about this. That's a
0: great date night idea. Let's snuggle up on the couch, let's get naked or at least hold each other. Let's, you know, like make, make an evening of it. And it's like truth into each other's like, deepest like into the heart and it's so intimate i mean it's, it's this is going to end up in sex
1: for <laughs> sure <laughs> which would for us <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I i would say too that with all of this stuff especially when you're talking about your past whether it's your past stis or your past history or your past traumas or anything like that always remember that that even though the past can affect us it doesn't define who we are today. Mm -hmm. And so don't be afraid to talk about these things because it doesn't mean that that's 100% who you are today and who you're going to be tomorrow tomorrow or the next day Mm -hmm. or 10 or 20 years later. Um, Just know that everybody can change. Everybody's done stuff in their past that they're proud of and everybody's done stuff in their past they're not so proud of, right? That's sort of the process of learning, of expanding your consciousness here as a human on this planet. So Mm -hmm. um, don't hold those things against people.
0: Yeah. And above all, love and accept yourself fully and forgive yourself. If you can do that, anybody else will be able to do that.
1: All right. We have gone way over our show. That's, that's all we can do for this episode. We could probably do a whole nother episode on the same thing, but we hope you got value and we will see you next week.